Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that the Bible is silly to say that people lived almost 1,000 years. Is that a fact? Did your teacher say why? She said it's because no person has been proven any longer than 122 years. Hmm. While it's true that there's no way for us to scientifically prove that people like Methuselah lived almost a thousand years, that also doesn't prove that the Bible is wrong or silly for saying so. In fact, the Bible gives us some clues as to why people don't live as long now as they did back in the pre-flood days. Wow, Grandpa. What clues? You have to start from the first chapter in Genesis, in verse 31, where it says, And God looked upon all he had made, and indeed it was very good. Uh, where's the clue? God made everything very good, which means that mankind was created to live forever. But something happened. Do you know what that was? Do you mean sin? That's right. When you read in Genesis chapter 3, you find where God cursed the world so it was no longer very good. But the number of people increased. So where did they come from? Well, in Genesis chapter 5, it talks about Adam having sons and daughters. And then it tells about a bunch of guys having kids. Is that what you mean? Exactly. And most of that bunch of guys lived over 900 years. But when you read in Genesis chapter 11, things change. Oh, yeah. The number of years each guy lives is less than the one before. Is that another clue? You bet it is. You see, all through this time, men were allowed to marry their sisters or cousins or nieces. And that doesn't change until Moses writes the book of Leviticus and tells all the Israelites not to marry close relatives. And it wasn't scientifically known why until the past hundred years or so. That's good, because I don't think I want to marry my sister. But how's that another clue? It shows that humans are suffering from sin's curse. You see, geneticists tell us that our DNA is getting more and more corrupt as time goes by. Humans are having more and more genetic defects from that corruption. And if you marry a close relative, then your kids would be a whole lot more likely to have those defects show up. Back in the days before Noah, there weren't so many defects. But after that flood and the starting all over with just eight people, those defects started piling up real fast. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you, you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today, we have the topic of the age of the patriarchs. Do we really need to put stock and belief into that Noah lived to 950 and Methuselah lived to almost 1,000 and all of this kind of stuff is described in the Bible? Carl, you're not going to read the entire book of genetic entropy today, but what did you have from that? <laughs> well, that was one of the reference sources is Dr. J.C. Sanford, who's probably the premier geneticist from the 90s, inventor of the gene gun, and just has done a lot of study on our genome and has seen what mutations are and how they're piling up over time. And certainly every generation has more genetic mutations than the previous. So if you keep doing this over time, you kind of get to the point where the population will no longer be able to reproduce. 
And we're seeing this in some of the endangered species. The population number is so small to choose from that the interaction between mutations is essentially overcoming that species' ability to reproduce. And although the population of humans is much larger in comparison, it is, according to Sanford, going to happen within the next couple thousand years. The mutational buildup will be such that we'll be unable to reproduce. Now, what you're talking about there is the degradation of our genome, the continued genetic load, etc. The de-evolution of our genome. The de-evolution. Now, going backwards, the logic would be that our genome was once much more robust. Correct. And could have lived to much longer time periods because there wasn't all that genetic load. Correct. And that's what Sanford gets from his book. Terry, what were you thinking about? Well, I talk about this in my article from November 2016, Death Has Been Busy. There was a study in October 2016 where it was announced that the maximum lifespan was 125 years. We talked about this a little bit before we started this recording, that there's a little bit of controversy of what Genesis 6 means, which was written about 3,000 years ago. But I interpret it as God lowering the lifespan, saying he was going to have the maximum lifespan at 120 years. And you see lifespans begin lowering after that. You know, if you look at the genealogies, we do have a genetic bottleneck after the flood. We probably have harsher living conditions after the flood. We have a genetic load, as Dr. Carl was just telling us, we do have a genetic load continuing to build, which is the opposite of Darwinian evolution. But I believe it was the plan of God to lower lifespans. We can totally agree with that. I find it interesting in the study, and you're talking about a secular study there that said that the cap for life was 125 at this point. Notice they avoided the 120 from the Bible, but they also had to include, because there is one documented woman who in the past 400 years who lived to 121. And you also noted that there is a discussion within creation circles, within biblical apologetic circles, as to whether that 120 deals with the time God warned that the flood would come and he was going to destroy all life, as opposed to that as a hard cap number on the life of human beings. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Today, we're talking about the age of the patriarchs. Can we really believe? What did Methuselah live to? Was it 969? 969. 969. Do we believe that? Well, originally, we are told that everything was very good. Very good would mean we don't die. That's what the Bible tells us we were originally made. The curse came in. We had immediate spiritual death when we sinned, but the degradation and physical death were then implicit in us and planted within us. That's part of the curse. Genesis 11 says after the flood, a genetic bottleneck, or actually it infers this, that a genetic bottleneck put us on a rapid genetic spiral. And within just a few generations to the time of Jacob, when we get down to about 120 years for lifespans. One of the points that people make is it's not that things just suddenly changed because you see lifespans decrease over time and also Noah lived to 950. So whatever happened there did not affect him because he finished out a very old patriarchal lifespan. Carl, other thoughts? The other thing is that man thinks he can rescue himself by eugenics. And certainly there was eugenics movements in the past, and some say they're still going on now. Certainly Margaret Sanger, who's the 
head of self-help found Planned Parenthood, her goal was basically eugenics. She was going to weed out the so-called unwanted people groups. And that was the mission of Planned Parenthood and why the Planned Parenthood offices were started in the poor, uneducated areas of town initially. So that was the goal, was to get rid of as many or to decrease the population as much as possible for those so-called unwanted people groups. Now, when man has tried to change for the better, eugenics, you still have the problem, just like when dog breeders try to breed for the best dog, they oftentimes will compound problems rather than solve them because by inbreeding, they magnify the genetic defects that they'll come up with. That's why if you buy certain breeds of dogs, my daughter, who's a veterinarian, tells me, don't buy this breed because it'll have that. Don't buy this breed, it'll have that. Don't <laughs> buy this breed, it'll have that. And you don't want that. So, you know, the best dog is a mutt, which has a broad range of genetic pool to, to sip from, so or to speak. Or a wolf. Or a wolf. Well, even a purebred wolf can have problems too. Right. We've been talking around genetics and in terms of degradation of the genome, etc. One of the things creationists thought 35 years ago was that most of the degradation of those lifespans was due to the environment, due to the collapse of a canopy around the earth and a very changed environment where somatic cell mutation was the probable cause for the lack of ages. We now have what we think is better data and a lot of people are now going away from the canopy theory because it has problems in its own. By itself, it wouldn't show the kind of degradation and reduction of lifespans that we're looking at. As you pointed out, Carl, the much better answer comes from Sanford's work when we start looking at genetic bottleneck and how that when we started over with three pairs of humans, we were now limited down to just what they had within their genomes. Another thing that seems to have occurred, we don't have this from the Bible, but another thing that seems to have occurred is God may have come in at time of the flood and or possibly after that and done some genetic manipulation in which he put on switches in which he said after so many replications, cells will simply turn off and die. We are finding that in genetic research. Incest was not prohibited until the time of Moses. And in point of fact, Abraham married his half-sister Sarah. Mm-hmm. And this type of inbreeding was all right at that point because we had much more robust genomes, but far less genetic load. Over time, that genetic load built up and shows the type of reduction of lifespans that we see today. So it is very possible that at one point we live much longer. Terry, you wanted to make a point. Well, yes, and then it's my understanding that Earth's magnetic field has also been decreasing. I think about it has a half-life of about 1,400 years, which I think that would mean we're getting a lot more harmful solar radiation, which would increase mutation rates. The Earth's magnetic field's depletion is a better answer in point of fact than the canopy. Because if you had a very robust magnetic field, it would divert a whole lot of types of radiations which would cause somatic cell structure. So that may have been part of the answer. The genetic bottleneck actually is a better answer. All of it together. All of it together, and that may have added to it. From the data we're looking at today, it's a small contributing fact. What we would have concluded with, folks, is we don't see any good data that tells us that we couldn't have lived to such long periods of time in the ancient past. 
Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones-Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.